BYUSN. Which side of the ball needs to step up the most for the Cougars to win at Kansas on Saturday? The incredible story of receiver Darius Lassiter, whose connections to Kansas run personal and deep. Former BYU receiver and now KU professor Nate Mickle joins us to preview the Cougars and the Jayhawks. Plus, women's volleyball gets it done, and it was a record book night for Aaron Livingston. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Sports Official Officer of BYU fans everywhere. Thursday, September 21st, 200th anniversary of Moroni to Joseph Smith. I'm Jerem Jordan. He is a fan of the Cougs, Jason Shepard. How about last night? The first Big 12 yep. victory on campus, and it goes to BYU women's volleyball in sweeping fashion. It was awesome. Uh, I went with Venna. It was super fun. I don't think I've sat in the stands for a regular season game since like 06 in the Smithfield house. So I, I had different seats. I was going to sit over by some friends, whatever. Tom Homo was like, hey, sit over here. Like front row, padded, right in front of. I had a better seat than Shane Reese did, which, <laughs> which is like, what? Why is this a thing? Incredible rally here uh, that should have been Sports Center top 10. The kick save and a beauty by Whitney Bauer. Aria McCumber uh, gets an incredible pancake on this. There's Kyle uh, Mai Mai Hiapo, and Aaron Livingston puts it down. She hit 1,000 kills as well in this game. It was awesome. I was very excited. In fact, there I am, pumping my fist <laughs> across the way. So, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't, you know... I, I'm not used to like cheering, like actively cheering, because um, as media members, you know, I'm calling the game or I'm in the press box, and th that's not tolerated. So, uh, you know, and and in those moments, I am a media member. Yes. But in that moment, I was not. I was See, just straight fan, homie. Here's what's so funny about this: when you brought this to our attention, I was looking at the other side because it, you were you were on the far side. Mm -hmm. I was looking at the near side because there was I know this, where the cameras are, Jason. No, but there was this person that jumped up, turned around, and starts pumping his fist. For a second, I thought that was you. I think that was Jake Retzloff. Was it really? I think so. He is an avid goer of soccer and volleyball. He's at everything. An attender? He's an attender. That's not even will. a word, but I think we just made an it. An attendee. That's yes. a real yeah. word. Uh, but it was a ton of fun. As you mentioned, congrats to BYU Women's Volleyball. Took a photo, kind of cherished the moment. And, uh, that, hey, that was a ranked win. The first of many P5 wins as a ranked team against ranked Did you teams. get in the photo? I did not. Uh, this, is for, uh, this is for the women's volleyball team. I am not, the, contrary to co uh, popular belief, I'm not on the team. I just thought maybe like a photo bomb. <laughs> just me in the back. <laughs> no. Just pumping your piss. <laughs> well, I did that on the side. <laughs> Whitney Bauer actually told my daughter, hey, I saw you with your Y up. But she said I couldn't wave because I think I might have gotten in trouble. But uh, I was trying to focus, so that was awesome. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. The first up the middle. Martin's got a first down. Martin's loose. Dive for the end zone. Intercepted. Everything's working right now. What's Trending is presented by Feastbox, donating 10% of every order to Full of Hope, a charitable organization that feeds hungry families. BYU and Kansas match up for the Cougars' first ever Big 12 football game. Both undefeated, seeking that first conference win of the year, Shep. So which side of the ball does BYU need to step up to win against Kansas? I feel like, I feel bad saying this because I don't necessarily feel like this side needs to step up. Based off of the first three weeks, I think the defense Special teams, has how about you? more than stepped up yep. and did its part in all three games. So... In, in a way, I'm slightly going to change how I answer the question. Okay. I think the side that's the most important to me 
is the defense. That's what the graphic says, Sean. Because I have maintained that the key to this game is going to be containing Jalen Daniels. Mm. He is such a dynamic quarterback, and it's very similar to what we saw with K.J. Jefferson. However, significantly smaller. K.J. Jefferson's 250. Yeah. And Jalen Daniels, I, I think, is what, 210? It's like a normal human size. Yeah, he's, KJ he's, is extraordinarily yes. uh, big. He's far more nimble and quicker. Yes. Um, and I, I th- honestly, I think he's the most dynamic quarterback that BYU will face this entire season. I agree. So, And he's the preseason Big 12 guy. So, yep. for me, it's all about containing him or keeping him in check. The oh. other part about this is, and I go back to the Arkansas win, in that game, obviously, Arkansas was without – Rocket Sanders. That will not be the case this week where Kansas is without their number one running back, and that's Devin Neal, and he is every bit a problem. Mm -hmm. And they run the ball extremely well. As a team, they average more than 200 yards of rushing on the ground uh, per game so far in the first three games. So I think what BYU can do defensively is going to go a long way in picking up that win. The other part about it is defensively, and I, I think you guys talked about this earlier in the week, Kansas is insanely good on third down. They are number three really nationally, yep. converting 63% of their third downs. And if you say, okay, well, maybe this is just a really hot start, and they've done this in three games, they did this last year too. Yes. They finished last year eighth nationally in 2022. So this is what this defense has done under head coach Lance Leipold. So I, I think for me, it's not necessarily that I think the defense needs to step up because I think they've done that. I just think that side of the ball, I think that's almost the most important side because it's all about keeping that offense in check. Andy Kotelnicki, the offense coordinator for Kansas, has done a tremendous job last year, uh, this year. They're putting up 500 yards a game and 37 points. That is going to be tough to slow. Now, maybe you can look at the competition and go, well, wait a minute. Um, you know, Illinois and Nevada, not the strongest. Illinois is, uh, uh, you know, okay uh, Big Ten team. Uh, Nevada lost to Idaho. Um, so you kind of look at the Nevada game and go, wait a minute. But Idaho challenged Arizona State. Granted, Arizona State has been uh, tough. Um, I'm going to go with the offense. I see your defense. Uh, let's talk offense. If the defense doesn't slow down Kansas, then the offense has got to keep up in a shootout. Can they do it is the question. Now, the BYU offense has been better than I thought, given the rushing numbers. Like, if you just look at the rushing numbers for BYU, 124th in the country at 2.7 yards per carry. That is terrible. Yet, yet, BYU's 3-0. So, BYU's kind of winning in spite of that. The success rate is not good enough. Success rate is a, is a stat that I think everybody should learn about. That is, and there are various ways of looking at it, the one I like the most is that you get 40% of the yards needed on first, basically four yards out of 10, right? 50% of what's left on second and 100 on third, meaning you convert. BYU's uh, rate is 38.5% right now. That is not good enough. The stuff rate on rushing, that is you rush for one yard or less with two plus to go, is 45%. The national average is 30%. BYU's not good enough in running the ball. Yet, BYU put up 38 points. Yet, BYU put up 41 points the week before on very few plays, sub-60 plays in both weeks. That's because the Cougars are getting yards, a lot of them, on the points they score. Six in the country, as I mentioned, 10 yards per point. That's because special teams with short fields have done amazing, and the defense, as you mentioned, has been way better than we thought. 
I don't know what kind of uh, improvement we were hoping for um, up to this point, but it is way beyond what I thought. And it's been incredible because it has set up the offense in a way to uh, punch it in. BYU does, however, need to hang with one of the best offenses, as you mentioned. Kansas averages 34 minutes of possession. They keep the ball and they move the chains. Will BYU have enough possessions, enough plays, to continue to put up 38? They've shown us that they can when it's sub-60 plays. Uh, but Kansas moves the change ship, 22nd in the country. They've only punted four times. I know. That is the fewest in the country. Do you know who has punted the most? I one, do not. One Brigham Young University. Really? It, it doesn't help when you punt nine times. Uh, you know, multiple <laughs> pretty good punter, games though. or whatever. But is punting the worst thing right now, <laughs> given the way the defense is played yeah. and Ryan Rico. So this is going to need to be a complete game for BYU. I would argue that BYU had a complete game against Arkansas. Defensively played well. Special teams obviously gave up a punt return in the fake, but they did enough in the other areas. They, by the way, special teams is making up <laughs> for some of the uh, crazy plays. Two fakes that haven't gone well. A blocked uh, kick that was uh, a, an offside. There was a delay of game on the fake field goal. Like twice it's gone really bad, but there was a penalty. The punt return. But Ryan Rico's been amazing. Marcus McKenzie and Jacob uh, Bourne, by the way, double teamed by Arkansas. And uh, BYU They, they saw what happened in the previous two weeks. You forget about Jacob Bourne, too. That guy's extremely fast. So you say defense, I say offense. Maybe the real answer is special teams. It, it could Maybe be. it comes down to Will Farron in a field goal or, or a Ryan Rico pin him back situation. I just think it's going to need to be a complete game to beat a much improved Kansas team from two years ago. I 100% agree, and I, I want to follow up on what you were talking about in terms of the offense. And I think that, you know, you brought up the point that, look, the first game, 14 points, that's certainly, you know, everybody expected more than that. But then you had the 41 against Southern Utah, 38 against against Arkansas, and I, I don't know if anybody even associated with the offense would say that they feel like they've played great to this point. They have not. There's still, no. there's still far more that they expect of themselves so that when this offense really does get clicking, and I think a lot of that probably comes with more of an established run game because then it takes pressure yes. off of what Keaton Slovis and the passing game has to do. It totally. also keeps defenses a little bit more honest Mm -hmm. When they have to, you know, keep in close to, to stop or slow down yep. the rushing attack. Yep. So there's still a lot of areas where that can get better, but yet BYU's still 3-0. BYU still has been able to score points in bunches and on big plays as yes. well. And when given the opportunity in the red zone, BYU has been able to get touchdowns Nine of ten. instead of field goals. That is so crucial in helping a team, when you get the opportunity to get that close to the end zone, to punch it in for six and not have to settle for three. Punch it, Chewy. Let's go, <laughs> man. Defenses, be honest in your dealings. Let's go. Our question of the day. Which side of the ball does BYU need to step up the most against Kansas? It's our Kansas and now Kansas. Jesse Evans on Facebook. I have to go with defense. I felt after the Sam Houston game, we were softer against Southern Utah. If we slide back again after doing great at Arkansas, it will, it will be a long game. After watching Nevada move the ball on KU, I'm not too concerned about us making plays when we need to offensively, but I think the key to win this will be defense. What kind of game do you see? Because I see two kind of games. I see, I see BYU getting 35-plus in this game in both scenarios in my mind. The, but in one of them, the defense 
holds Kansas to like 27 and BYU scores 41. In another, it's a shootout in the 40s right. for both teams. Last week, I did not see a game outside of the 20s in, uh, for both teams. No, it ended up being in the 30s. I am, I am up for being wrong when BYU wins every time. But what kind of game do you see? Honestly, and I think the defense could play really well and Kansas could still score in the mid-20s or close to 30. Well, did the defense not play well last yes, week? Yes, and yes. 31 was on the board, yes. but I've said, eh, 21 by the defense. Right. Yeah. So, I, look, I, I, think, I think both teams are going to be able to score. And this offense for Kansas, they're, they're dynamic because of their quarterback. We mentioned Devin Neal and the ability yes. to run the ball. Yes. But the engine that makes that offense go is Jalen Daniels. Yes. And the reason why he is so dynamic is – he is by far the most I, – I don't mean yeah. – look, and I, I granted, so I watch, obviously, Chiefs fans, so I watch a lot of Mahomes. Now, okay. now not, not – I'm not saying he's Patrick Mahomes. Just but, Kansas City stuff here. No, no, no. Jayhawks. No. But my point Chiefs. With, my point with this is, like Mahomes, yeah. you can never think that you've got him. And it's the same with Jalen Daniels. Yeah. He, yeah. You, when you think the play is done and you've got him – He's got another move to make to keep the play alive. And I think that's why they've been so good and so efficient is because he's constantly giving his, the rest of his team opportunities to get into a better position. Let's say, let's say that route's covered. Okay, well, now he starts to scramble. Then you've got the scramble drill, or there's your plan B. There's you know, your backup plan. And he just keeps plays alive. And until he's down, that play is not over. Yeah. And, and so I, I think... I think he's going to find ways to keep plays alive. The other thing is, too, one of the reasons I think that they're so good on third down and have such a high conversion rate is because they are picking up decent yards on first and second. Their success rate is Yes, good. I'm yeah. not saying that they're not getting in third and long and still converting those, but they're, they're consistently picking up yards on first and second down so that they have options on third, and then they've shown that they can convert those. Can BYU's defensive success rate be good to where you're setting up a third and long? I think and it can. If, if you can get pressure with four, which is what we saw yes. from BYU's defensive line. We have begged for that for a while now, and the BYU defense has responded to uh, this new scheme in Jay Hill. It's been awesome. Derek Polson on X. The offense is the side of the ball that needs to step up the most against Kansas. Key to winning this game will be going on extended drives to keep the KU offense off the field, need to establish the run early, and stay balanced. BYU does not have a drive of five-plus minutes uh, this season, and I don't think they have too many of ten-plus plays. Um, yeah, it's, it's been one, two drives, uh, TD drives, of ten-plus plays, and none uh, five minutes or more. So can BYU sustain some drives? You just have to be That's able to run the, the ball game. more That's effectively. That's where the running game comes in. Yeah, like, can BYU run the ball effectively? Yes is the answer. We just have not seen it very well. Is this the week? Kansas has 28 TFLs. They yes. get in the backfield. That is the most shocking defensive stat we could throw at you for Kansas, who last year relied on the offense to win and Jalen Daniels, and he got hurt, and they struggled uh, when after he got hurt. They started 5-0. Game day was there. They took uh, you know, were playing TCU well. In the end, that was a loss uh, when Daniels got hurt. And so it's going to be interesting. As a guy who grew up in Missouri, Kansas football stunk for a long time. Mm -hmm. Now they're back. What's sort of the perception when you were, like, growing up of, like, 
Jayhawk football exists, but this is a basketball school. Now they're making yeah. waves in football. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, I was there. We moved to Utah when I was 13. So I mean, I was I was younger. As a nine-year-old, what was your perception of Jayhawk? <laughs> Look, football? well, but I can I can tell you because obviously I still have connections back there. My family. The shepherd side of my family all still live in Missouri, so I'm shout, back there. Shout out to the family. What's up? <laughs> shout out to the family. So I'm back there all the time. I listen to a lot of sports radio in Kansas City to mm-hmm. get my, my Chiefs fix. Yep. So it, it was never a big deal. Kansas has always been a basketball school. Even with what the football side has done, it is still a basketball school. Kansas basketball is still the biggest brand in that area. The difference maybe there versus what we have here from a football standpoint is Kansas City is by far a pro city. Yes. It is a professional city. You've totally. got the Chiefs. You've got the Kansas City Royals. Yeah, even the though Monarchs they lose 100 originally. games every year. Yeah. yeah. You know, you've got, you've got Sporting KC. Now you've got the NWSL team mm-hmm. that's there as well. It is, the, it is the, a, the, the current. Hall of Fame yeah, the, is there, yeah, yep, which is cool. Exactly. Yep. So it is by far, they pay more attention to the pros yes. than they do college. And again, yes. not to say that they, they don't pay attention to it, but it is not as big of a deal as it is out here where this is our local football. Yes, even though 45 minutes away there's the Jazz and whatnot. If, if Salt Lake had an NFL team before BYU's ascension maybe in the yeah, 80s, there's, maybe there's that'd chance, be yes. the comparison there. Yes, but, it, but Kansas is still – look, Coach Leipold has done a fantastic job, and they are on the yeah, right but, track. There's no question about it. But Kansas still a basketball school. Uh, Lance Leipold told us a cool story at Big 12 Media Day, something about uh, – I think Lavelle sent him a letter in high school or something. Yeah. Um, recruiting him, which which is super cool. The legacy of Lavelle continues to spill out. Continue to weigh in on X, Facebook, and Instagram. Get your pre-game fix before kickoff between the Cougars and the Jayhawks by watching BYUSN Game Day coming up Saturday at 1.30 Eastern Time on BYU TV and the BYU TV app. Up next, my one-on-one with BYU wide receiver Darius Lassiter. I'm playing against his brother, perhaps matched up straight up on the field with him. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is sponsored by Feastbox Global Grill, a unique dining experience featuring Texas, Hawaiian, and Korean meats. Time to feast. Darius Lassiter, transfer from Eastern Michigan. A touchdown, his first in a BYU uniform. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation in Studio B in Provo, Utah. Jerem Jordan alongside Jason Shepard. What has Deion Sanders said? What's the phrase, Shep, that he's used the last couple of weeks with his team? It's personal. Yeah. For this game for Darius Lassiter, it is in fact personal because his brother is on the other side, and obviously his father has connections. I explored that yesterday after practice with the BYU receiver, Darius Lassiter. All right, you knew this was coming this week, right? That you would get a lot of interviews. How's it been so far? Uh, it's it's been it's been pretty chill. I, I had the one Monday, and then this is my actual second one, and then I got a couple when I go home. So, how many in uh, in total will you have by the end of today for the week? Uh, three. Uh, so one Monday and then three today. So right now four at the time. That's not too bad. Yeah, not too bad not at all. Bad. Yeah. Okay. I thought it was more like twelve or something. Okay. <laughs> not too, no complaint. Okay. Growing up, what was Kansas football in your house? Was that a big deal since your dad played there? Yeah. Uh, you kind of go around. You see all the Kansas Lane years, and then the pictures of him at Kansas, and then uh, just his stuff just laying around. Uh, 
jerseys, cleats, and all that. So it's kind of been ingrained. We all had Kansas just jackets everywhere. So anytime you've seen us, we probably had a Kansas Jayhawks jacket on growing up. So it, it, it played a big role just because everybody knew that our dad played there, and then they thought we was going to follow the footsteps. And two of your brothers have. So so you're the unique one in that regard. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm the, the black sheep out of the family <laughs> right now. So. But you're still D1. Like the fact that you've had uh, two brothers play D1, your dad played in the NFL, uh, KJ's in the NFL, and uh, obviously uh, Quinton's at Kansas. You could actually line up against him because he's a defensive back. Yeah. Are you hoping that happens a bunch? Yeah, I, I'm definitely hoping that happens. Uh, I kind of been talking a little trash to him since <laughs> since I signed. So before I even knew I was coming, I said when I got the offer, I said, you know, it's a chance we could play each other, right? <laughs> and so I, I kind of want I want that matchup just just because I know I'm gonna get the best of him. And he's gonna get the best of me. So in the huddle, if you know he's on your side, are you telling Keaton? You're like, hey, over here. Yeah, I might give him a little wink, tell him check it or something like that if it's a run play. But uh, pretty much, I just I just hope we get a just get a call or something that goes that way. So just we can just see uh, between the two, uh, it's gonna be fun. Uh, I don't know who my mom's gonna cheer for for that uh, for that rep. So uh, it's gonna be a fun. Does she have like a half jacket, half hat, half shirt kind of deal? What's she gonna do? Oh, uh, she uh she kind of made a whole bunch of shirts with uh, with my football picture on it and then his on the other side. So yeah, our family's you probably gonna see a lot of those around at the stadium. Saturday. Does she know she's gonna get a ton of time on ESPN? Like th that's that's uh, TV gold right there. Uh, I don't think she knows, but she she might have a feeling that it's coming. <laughs> it's it's one of the better storylines in this game. Um, you you said Monday, hey, I'm not talking with my brother. You tweeted, hey, we ain't talking this week. Um, have you talked this week? Yeah, we talked Monday <laughs> right after I tweeted that. Actually, uh, we were on the phone for like 30 minutes just talking. Hey, you're, you're brothers. Um, how tight are you guys? We're out of all of us. I think that me and him are the closest. We're close with all of them, but just us growing up together, playing football uh, at every level together, and then we uh, live. We were roommates together at junior college, so I feel like me and him have been closest out of all of us. So people don't realize you came from, you know, you went to a junior college in Kansas, right? Mm -hmm. So you, you know kind of what Kansas football means. They have turned this thing around, man. Yeah. They were so bad for so long. Now they're super legit, and uh, they're a real threat. This is a big game uh, for BYU. What, what are your thoughts on kind of what Kansas has become the last two years? Yeah, just uh, my older brother, KJ, being there. Uh, he, he didn't, they didn't have a lot of success as a team, and then, but they were going in the right directions. They would have close games, but they just couldn't pull it through at the end. And then when uh, Coach Lightpole came in there, he changed it around, changed the culture over there. Uh, I feel like people started to believe more. The fans started to believe more, and then you can, you can see the one column started to go up. They started 5-0 and last year. They've started 3-0 and this year. The offense is really explosive. Obviously, you're going up against their defense, which last year got shredded quite a bit, but these guys have 28 TFLs. Like, they can play. What are you guys talking about in terms of what the Jayhawk defense provides? Yeah, uh, they have experience. They have experience uh, defense of front and then the secondary. That whole secondary was there last year. So And then they have linebackers that was there last year, team captains that's in the linebacker room. Um, a lot of experience. They have a first team all, all cornerback, big 12 cornerback with Kobe Bryant. So it's a, it's a lot of experience over there that uh, we're ready for. Uh, we just got to keep working until Saturday comes. Even if Kobe Bryant wasn't good, he'd still have street cred, right? Yeah, yeah. Just having just having just the name Kobe, just having the name Kobe Bryant. Yeah. yeah. 
And then there's the Seahawks corner who went to Cincinnati. So there's your other Big 12 connection, yeah. all kinds of Kobe Bryant's. Um, in terms of this game and what it means to you, obviously, with your brother, your dad played at Kansas, and he didn't just play in the Aloha Bowl in 92. He has 12 tackles, you just told me, 11 solo. Help, help him out. And he had an interception. Like, he had a great game. Yeah, uh, I actually didn't know that uh, they played each other in the Aloha Bowl until my mom came with me on my visit, and she seen it on the wall. It's just like, your dad played in that game. And I was like, wow, like, small world. But yeah, it's it's gonna be big. Just the second time us playing, and then his sons are playing in that game now. So uh, it's gonna be great. Just just not for us two, but for the fans as well. Uh, they get to experience something like this. Your dad passed away tragically of a heart attack at age 49. You were you were 18. Um, what does this game mean to you? And what do you feel like um, it'll be like emotionally on Saturday? Uh, emotions might be high for a little bit, but uh, the thing about our dad. Uh, he never wanted us to show our emotions. Uh, he wanted us to keep working. He was all about the work. Uh, how much work you put in, that's going to be the outcome. And at the end of the day, it's either going to be good or it's going to be bad. So uh, we're going we're gonna to hug it out, talk it out. But once the whistle blows, it's, it's full go. It's a pregame. You have a moment with your brother? Yeah. Uh, yeah, most definitely. I'm going I'm to look for him. Uh, just get us a little moment. And then after that, I might shove him to the ground or something like that. <laughs> you got to take a picture because this is, this is quite the moment. 31 years later, um, you know, you and your brother are playing in a game, and, and it's BYU's first game of the Big 12. Like, yeah. it is a significant game. This is pretty cool, man. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool just for me to be able to be in this position to be in big, uh, BYU's first Big 12 game, and then we're playing Kansas on top of that, uh, and, and just a just a rematch that they wanted from Aloha Bowl. So uh, just being here in this position is just a blessing, and I'm grateful to be here. What did your first touchdown feel like on that uh, screen where you went the distance? Uh, it, it was it was something uh, I wasn't expecting all the fans like that to get cheering. You kind of can see them as you're running down the sideline, but uh, your main focus is getting into the end zone. And then once I scored, just seeing them jumping around and excited, uh, that just turned me up a little bit more. This offense has had some real explosive moments. Consistency is being sought. The run game, you know, consistency in that as well. How close do you feel like the offense is to really cranking it up here? I feel like we're real close to just turning that switch. Uh, we know what we can really do as an offense. We know the past three weeks we haven't we haven't did a lot that we wanted to do. Uh, last week we had we didn't have that much yards, but we put up a lot of points. That's granted to our special teams putting us in great field position uh, when we got the ball back, and then having one one player two play drives. We had a couple of those, so uh, we're we're real close to being where we want to be. We're not there yet, but uh, everything has has a time on it. Yeah, 38 points on uh, what 281. That's pretty good. You guys are sixth in uh, points per yard, meaning you just get a bunch of yards on, on the scores, which is awesome. Well, enjoy Saturday. It's going to be fun. Hopefully you and your brother have a real memorable day, and uh, thanks for the time, Darius. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. 31 years ago, Kwame Lasseter could not have imagined that two of his sons would face off in this game, which is the second matchup ever, and a young Mark Jones called that game. He is on the call Saturday. How about that connection? The uh, the similarities between these two games is actually kind of freaky. It's you, almost weird. It is like Big Twelve scheduling. It's what, but it's cool that there are those added little storylines and yes. something for the Lasseter family. Like what a great day! Totally to be able to enjoy this moment and what this means. Like it it means it means things for the individual teams and with Darius and his brother individually. But as a family, what a really cool thing. And then to bring in your father, yep. you know, who played in the game originally in 92, yep. just, it's really cool. They, like, uh, like I said, they need to take a photo 
and that needs to be up in their houses. Oh, like absolutely. That, th this really cool moment. And at some point, I imagine Darius wanted to play for Kansas. Like growing up, like you said, he had Kansas stuff in his house and whatnot. So him, for him to face off against his brother against Kansas, having played at least JUCO at Butler yeah. Community College in Kansas, it's it's gonna be fun. There is the human side of yes. this, and that that is what is coming out with the Lasseter storyline. Well, and I, and I think Darius on Monday during the general media, you know, was talking about the fact that he sort of wanted to blaze his own trail, and so mm. he's excited that he's doing this for with BYU. That this was kind of his path that he needed to take. So I, I, just, I think it's cool. Yeah. It's, it's one of those awesome storylines that adds to an already important it's already and, compelling. and eventful game. It's the first yeah. Big 12 game ever. That was enough. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> just that one. All right, the Big Stories podcast is dedicated to the incredible tales surrounding BYU's opponents. Cougar wide receiver Darius Lasser, as we mentioned, will face off against his adopted brother, Quinton, in this week's game. Listen and find out more about their family bond by downloading the episode on the BYU Radio app or wherever you listen to podcasts. They're going to explore this story more than we just did. Puka Nakua continues to be in the news. The latest flattering article quotes on the rookie sensation. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Follow BYU Sports Nation on social media for content throughout the day on Facebook, X, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and I guess threads if and you I still guess have it. Threads. Uh, welcome back. Do you even remember your login? Uh, to Studio B, I'm Jeremy. Here's <laughs> Jason. Here are today's headlines. BYU football two days away from its first Big 12 conference game against the Kansas Jayhawks. Yesterday, wide receivers coach and passing game coordinator Festi Satake spoke to the media about where the passing game needs to improve. We got to get way better. Um, we got to be um, more efficient in the, in the passing game. Uh, we are struggling on third downs. Uh, I don't know where we rank, but our average third down distance is way too high, uh, which means we got to be way more efficient on first and second down in the passing game. Um, and so. Uh, we, we got some things to clean up. There's been a lot of good things. There's been good plays made. Guys are starting to get comfortable with the offense. Um, but we, we definitely got some strides we, we need to make on that. Pre-game coverage on Saturday beginning on both BYU TV and BYU Radio at 1.30 Eastern Time. I heard the BYU Radio host is uh, super good looking. Uh, that's just the word on the My screen. wife would agree. <laughs> nice. By the way, uh, I heard of someone else. That's great. great. <laughs> Third down percentage for BYU, 30%. That is uh, like 10th worst in the country. It's not good, as Fessy mentioned. Red Warner and the Niners play the Giants on Thursday night football tonight. That's going to be a fun one. We'll see if the Giants can score more than 10 points, which they have not done through the first two weeks. In the Battle of the Cougars, number 10 BYU women's volleyball swept number 20 Houston last night behind a big performance of 12 kills and four blocks from Aaron Livingston that included her 1,000th yeah. career kill. Up next for the Blue Cougars, that is Saturday at home against Baylor. You can watch it on Big 12 Now on ESPN Plus at 3 Eastern. Speaking of Baylor, number six women's soccer is in Waco tonight to take on the Bears in their second Big 12 game of the season. BYU, of course, tied TCU last week. 8 Eastern tonight on Big 12 Now on ESPN Plus. Updated cross-country rankings came out earlier this week. The men, they stayed put at number three. The women moved up a spot to number six hey. in the latest USTF CCCA poll. Four teams in the top ten right now on campus. That is awesome. We'll take it. Men's basketball's Fusini Traude has been named one of the top 100 players in the nation. 
by The Almanac. Are you an Almanac or Almanac guy? Which Almanac is this from? The Almanac well from done. The Ohio State. What? Yeah, okay. And former BYU women's soccer player Nadia Gomes got called up to the Portugal women's national team for the 2023 UEFA Women's Nations League. Thank you for saying Gomes. That's how she would pronounce it. You're in, welcome. In Portuguese. <laughs> in Portugal. Let's go. Those are today's headlines. Let's whip it. Google Whip Route is presented by Marisk, e-commerce logistics shipping partner. All right, a cool article written about Puka, and by that I mean Puka Nakua, just in case you were wondering. Oh, that Puka. Yes, on ESPN. Aaron Roderick was quoted as saying, quote, I thought that he would be a great pro, and I thought that everybody that passed on him would regret it, and looks like I'm right, end quote. Was he right? Through two weeks, he's been arguably the best receiver in the game. Uh, I mean, he's he's with the likes of Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson, and like, it has been so fun to watch what he's done. Puka's been better than even we thought, I think. For those who were like, yes, I knew he'd do this. No, you didn't. You didn't think he'd have 25 catches in two games yeah. and set all these records? Like, Puka has been so good. It's been so fun to watch. The only fun thing that wasn't fun to watch was the Seahawks losing to said Puka Nakua. Yeah. But I was really happy for Puka and what he's been able to do. Yeah, he's right. Look, fifth round pick and the last pick of the fifth round. He goes to a team that is offensive minded. Cooper Cup can't play. Yep. And right away, he's the go-to guy. And there's a lot of GMs going, man, I wish we would have taken our fl a flyer on him way earlier. Hey, Brigham producing them skill position players right now, man. Let's go. Yahoo Sports' Ross Dellinger reports Oregon State and Washington State have met with the Mountain West. The idea of a two-conference relegation model is one of the many options in the exploratory stage. Would you want to see a relegation model between two leagues in FBS? Look, I guess the idea is kind of cool because then you do have to fight to stay in it. Like there's there's a lot more to it. There's a lot more on the line. But I mean, it's it's fine. I don't think it will ever happen. So I, I, do I like it? I like the idea, but I just it's never gonna happen. It's good uh, fodder for a uh, talk show on a Thursday yeah. morning. It's that's, cool that's creativity. How about that? Yeah, it, obviously, uh, you know, in, in reference to European soccer and whatnot, um, there is going to be some relegation in uh, USL soccer. That's kind of the minor leagues of soccer, if you will. It sounds like, uh, but yeah, I don't think it'll actually happen. But the idea is fun. But also, like, how many teams are in the Mountain West slash Pack Two that you like? Do you have enough teams to really if do this? this? What are we talking about? If this happened in a P5 conference, maybe it does right. mean something. But what's that contract like with the TV deal from the new league that's yeah. the Mountain West Plus anyway? Like, So I want to hear some more of the details because it doesn't make a lot of sense right now. All right, Coach Prime is playing the Oregon fight song at Colorado's practices all week long. So should BYU be playing the Kansas fight song during practice? Well, first off, ESPN sent out a tweet and said, this is you know the, the little details of what makes Coach Prime special. Every college football team do does this. Um, you know, going into Arkansas, BYU played super loud noise out of speakers that were like 10 feet away to simulate the crowd noise that the players might have to play in. It's not unique, it's not special. Everyone's been doing it. Um, no, BYU does not need to play the Kansas fight song, and frankly, I don't even think they need to play loud noise this week. Because yes, Kansas fans will get after it, but it's not going to be like what they had at Arkansas and what they'll have at Texas. No, what they should actually be playing is music from... From the, Kansas. The super rock group, Kansas. Yes! Look, Carry On My Wayward Son. Oh, you know what I'm talking about? Dust in the Wind. Dust in the Wind. Classics. Yes, Let's that's go. what they should be playing. Name a third song, anybody. Uh, <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> is that the name? <laughs> no. Cap I'm just kidding. Captain, Captain Butter. 
is back at it again, completing uh, his Beat Kansas flight path. Originally said he uh, didn't have the budget to do it. He, he did it, so let's go. Is this the secret to BYU's football success? And how do we know this wasn't just the AR taken off from last week? Jerome, let me ask you a question. Thank you. What's BYU's record right now? It is Trace and Zeto. Uh, so yeah, this is important. This is the secret. BYU Even can't... if it's not, he can't stop at this point now. He can't stop now. BYU's not running the ball. It don't matter, because we got Captain Butter <laughs> up in Washington doing yeah. work. I, yeah, we do need this every week now, because it is, it is the... I would argue it's the best thing about BYU football at the moment. I'm like, just, outside of the actual game. I am amazed at how pinpoint accurate... Can we see it again? It is unbelievable. The, the, like, the pattern is. It's so good. Look at this. Look at this. Look at that Y! Are you serious? And I'm glad, I couldn't even draw that. I'm I glad even that he that went that away from the joke earlier in the week that he just X'd out the A and the R and no, said he's I not going to do it. No, I thought that was great. No, I like that. Yeah. I, I'm glad that that's not how it ended up playing out because he, at this point, he can't stop doing it. Okay, this and this is from uh, Flight Radar. Uh, this is not from Captain Butter, right? So other people are catching on like, oh, we noticed this. We need to get Captain Butter on during the flight. I think that's our... Uh, we need a live stream on ES Big 12 now on ESPN+. <laughs> Coming up, former BYU player, former BYU radio sideline reporter, and current Kansas professor. Read the syllabus already. Nate Mickle is going to tell us about the Jayhawks and the Cougs in the matchup this week. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. I don't think there's a soul on planet Earth, besides our next guest, that knows this matchup better than Nate Mickle, who has played at BYU. He has now gone to Stanford, Notre Dame, another school we don't want to mention, for academia. He's now at Kansas. He's a professor, and he watches the Jayhawks and the Cougs and is now on BYU Sports Nation. Nate, welcome to the show. We had you on a while back, and we were excited uh, uh, specifically about Notre Dame. Uh, last year. Now we're talking about Kansas because you're on campus, bro. Welcome back to the program, and let's talk Jayhawks and Cougs. Yeah, absolutely. You can see, you know, the the uh, Kansas campus right behind me here. Uh, I hope this is an annual thing for football and uh, uh, maybe a semi-annual thing for basketball. Okay, first off, Nate Mickle is the smartest person I know. Mm. The man is as educated as anybody on this planet. So I first want to get that out there. But my, my first hard-hitting question to you, Mr. Mickle, is do you miss Professor Mickle. Do you, excuse me. Professor Mickle. Doctor, do, please. No, doctor. Oh, okay. I, I prefer doctor. <laughs> doctor. Doctor? Doctor. Yeah. So no, do yeah. you miss no your – No doctor for me. No doctor for me. Do you miss your playing days more or do you miss hanging out with us on the radio broadcast more? Yeah, I, I knew you guys were going to come with the hard questions. Uh, when I think back to, like – my playing days, I always think of a verse from the Book of Mormon in Jacob, and he says our lives passed like unto us as it were a dream. And I just, you know, like trying to put myself back into the mindset of what it was like to be a player. It's It was so long ago. One of my, like, something that always sticks with me is, uh, well, a couple of things. Um, one, after I finished playing, I started doing the broadcasting. People would come up to me and they would be like, oh, Nate Mickle, yeah, we know you from the broadcast. And I was like, no, you should know me for, I'm a football player. I played I know here. Me for that. But then I just, I, I embraced it. I embraced it. And, and then I remember I was down on the field, on the sidelines, calling a game. 
And they're just these, like just the biggest hits right next to me. And this thought crosses my mind, you know, I could never play football. Like who could possibly do that? I, I could never do that. So, you know, I think the adrenaline is, is I've, I've had so little adrenaline, my testosterone, you know, is probably not what it used to be. So uh, I, I'm, it's easier for me to miss my radio broadcasting days than the, the football playing days. Although let me say this. Uh, I am running the the alumni flag out of the tunnel yeah. on Saturday. I, I'm I'm hoping I get a little adrenaline kick that I haven't felt in a few years. Uh, uh, Hans Olsen yes. said, "I was, was going to say um, before the first game, <laughs> he said my belt was not tight enough when I ran it out no, recently. Didn't bring a belt. Oh, just straight he up didn't, didn't bring a belt. Make sure you have a yes. belt, Nate. Yes. yes, make sure you have a belt. Thank you. Yes, Hans ran it out one time and he forgot his belt yeah. and almost tragedy. Oh, almost plumber. So good. Yeah." <laughs> Uh, okay, let's talk Kansas and BYU. This one's super interesting because Kansas is a team that, uh, you know, Jalen Daniels didn't f- start the first game with a sore back. He's played the next two. He got hit on the, sh- uh, the arm on a play against Nevada, stayed in the whole game. But he presents a lot of problems. Meanwhile, the BYU offense has been explosive enough uh, at times, not running the ball great. The defense has been good. Special teams have been really good when they don't fake or allow a punt return touchdown. What do you make of this matchup? Yeah, first of all, I think it's going to be a great game. Uh, no doubt the strength for KU football since Lance Leipold took over a few years ago is the offense. Just to give you like a little bit of history, the very first game I came to at KU, KU, uh, they they were playing team from South Dakota. They were playing South Dakota. They won 17-14, and it took every ounce of luck and good bounces just to get that win. It was their first win in over 22 months. Uh, they'd had eight straight overall losses, 20 straight FBS losses, 56 straight road conference losses until they beat Texas later that year. They were so bad. And now it's about offensive football. Now their defense can make plays as well. They've got a great cornerback in Kobe Bryant. Uh, They've got, uh, you know, you got Jalen Daniels, the the preseason big 12 player of the year. And then of course, Devin Neal, he's the guy you got to really contain the running back. Local kid went to Lawrence High, stayed here in Lawrence to to play for KU. I'm thinking if BYU can hold KU to less than 30, I think BYU can score more than 30. And for me, that's the key. If just contain Jalen, contain Devin Mill, Devin Neal, keep him around 30, and I think BYU can score some points against KU. You know, Nate, I think one of the interesting parts about the KU football program is the renewed excitement and involvement from KU fans. Obviously, we know what they do for basketball, but since Coach Leipold has come in, and obviously the, the strong start last year, the 5-0 start, the 3-0 start this year, the, the fact that they have an exciting brand of offense, it's brought people in. I know a lot of BYU fans are going to be there coming up on Saturday. What's a game day like for a KU football game? Yeah, it's funny because I've actually only been to one KU football game, and it was in it was Lance's uh, first season, and KU was down, I think it was forty to nothing at halftime, roughly. The stadium was empty. Uh, you know, I had I, I literally had a front row parking spot. Um, <laughs> since then, since Lance has got the team rolling, you got Jalen Daniels, you got Devin Neal. All of a sudden, there's an excitement. And, and actually, I remember in that first game, the, the stadium's empty. Like, it, it's just it's just sadly empty. And I remember having this thought, like, oh, I feel bad for these Kansas fans. They just don't know what it's like 
to have a good team. And then I remember, no, these fans, they know exactly what it's like to have a good team because they pack Allen Fieldhouse every single year. They win national championships. They expect national championships. So it's not that they don't know what it's like. And, and they're very educated and excited fans. They know so much about sports, but they just haven't had anything to cheer for when Les Miles came here and Charlie Weiss came here and others and just had no success. Now it's just excitement everywhere. It's that same energy that you get from Allen Fieldhouse coming to the football stadium, the Booth Memorial, where they just announced a $300 million renovation. Yep. And, and so right now, you know, they announced the sellout for the game this weekend. The buzz and the energy and excitement that you see in Allen Fieldhouse is making its way over to the football stadium. Got this tweet in from uh, at BYU1984 fan. Jerem, please tell Nate Mickle I was at the 06 BYU-Wyoming game. I believe his opening kickoff return was a touchdown. The Mountain West refs screwed him over by marking him out at the one-yard line. Do you believe you were in? Yeah, it's not even like a belief. It's, you know, there's opinions and there's facts. And, uh, you know, the, the, the knowledge, yes. And, and the video <laughs> evidence was quite clear that uh, I did get in. And, and, and years after that, when I was working the sideline, I, you know, I'd talk to the officials pregame, whatever. And, and I ran into the official that made the call. Mm. And I was like, hey, and we did, I was like, hey, I was in. And he's like, no, you, you, your hand touched out. I was like, well, no, I didn't. I have the video replay to prove it i was in he's like no your hand was down so maybe what you would expect from an official you know digging in the hills and, and not uh, willing to accept that they were wrong what would have made that even better is if you had pulled out your phone like, and showed them actually, the play right here with a zoom <laughs> to prove that you got in all right so, so go ahead go ahead well, no, I'm just going to, you give me an idea and I'm going to track him down. I'm going to send him the email. Sorry. <laughs> okay. I want to go in the way back machine. We're going to, we're going to bring you back into the radio broadcast. We're going to do a very quick little Nate's notes like we used to on the pregame show with you. Mm. Okay. Wow. So which side of the ball do you feel needs to step up more? Is it the offense or the defense? I think I know where you're going with this, but uh, how would you answer that? Yeah. I mean, the defense has really just played so well throughout the season making plays, bringing the corner bits, blitz, putting pressure on the quarterback. You know, it was pressure that helped seal the win last week against Arkansas. Uh, because, you know, KU is strength is their offense. So you might say defense, but I'm saying offense. If, if B, I expect the defense, I think they're going to hold KU to 30, 34. And if, if BYU offense can get above that mark, then I think they win. I'm feeling good about it. I I'm expecting BYU to win. Uh, I think they're coming off high from Arkansas. I think they can score uh, big points against this KU defense. Obviously, fans should check out uh, the the game in the stadium and whatnot, and Allen Fieldhouse, but what else should they see in Lawrence? Yeah, I mean, Lawrence is awesome. It's just it's a, an amazing college town. Definitely go to Mass Street to check out all the independently owned restaurants. It's just like six or seven blocks of uh, locally owned shops and restaurants. The rules of basketball at Allen Fieldhouse, of course, you got to check out. Um, and and the the Orient Hotel, you get a, you can go up to the top, get a great view of the stadium and the campus. Uh, there's nobody more excited. I, I really do believe this than me that BYU is coming to the Big 12 because we've got you guys paying attention to Kansas, coming out here visiting. Uh, so I'm, I I just am so excited that BYU Cougar Nation is going to be coming out here multiple times a year. It's going to be awesome, man. And uh, Big 12 Media Days coming up in Kansas City in a couple of weeks. That'll be fun as well for basketball. Nate, we appreciate the time. Have fun at the game and stretch out the hamstring and take a belt. Thanks, Nate. Uh, great. Thanks, guys. We'll see you out here soon.
Nate Mickle joining us. Uh, that was not Michael Wilbon in Scottsdale. That was Nate Mickle <laughs> at KU. Pretty cool that uh, he's a professor there. I wonder, he, know, he knows yeah. both uh, sides. I've got yeah. to assume his students know his history, right? I would hope so. I would, yeah. He would remind them That's this week. That's what I'm saying. Absolutely. Think. Yeah. Maybe wearing some uh, cougar gear to, to teach class. I'm not sure about that, but if he did, <laughs> that would be awesome. Gonna, gonna, we're going to need to talk about your tenure here, Mr. Mickle. <laughs> like, I, just, I just got here three years ago. <laughs> yeah. Join Greg Rubel, Hans Olsen, Mitchell Jurgens, and me as we get you set for kickoff between BYU and Kansas on Cougar Pregame Live beginning at 1.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Saturday on BYU Radio. Which side of the ball needs to step up against Kansas? We'll get your responses, including today's Elite Voice of the Day as BYU Sports Nation continues on BYU TV and BYU Radio. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Every athlete focuses on the mental side, but then as you go down levels, it goes less and less and less until you're down to, you know, seventh grade, eighth grade, high school, where there is nothing available. And so it's like, wow, they're the ones that need it the most, I feel like. And they're the ones that are most open to it. And right. so might as well be able to train these young athletes on the mindset side and, and know that, wow, if I focus on my mindset, I actually will be able to play faster. I will be able to process faster. I will be able to come back from adversity faster. And it's just a, it's a huge win for everyone, the player, the parents, the coaches. And so it just has to, there, there, there's a place for it for sure. Check out the newest Deep Blue podcast this week. My guest, as you just heard and some of you saw, Bronson Kafusi, awesome. the former Cougar football player, talks about mental strength coaching for young athletes. And moving on from football, you can listen to the episode wherever you find your podcasts or on the BYU Radio app. He hasn't moved on. None of us have moved on. Come on now. We don't let them move on, We, we do don't we? let them. Uh, come and talk about it. Our question of the day, which side of the ball does BYU need to step up the most against Kansas? Our elite voice of the day is presented by PAX, Healthcare Elevated. Gary Hardy on Instagram. Our Lassiter needs to be better than their Lassiter. Well done. That's really what it boils down to. It does. It does indeed. Today's Rise and Shoutout is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. How about uh, Aaron Livingston? The walk-on to 1,000 career kills. Pretty cool. Very cool. That's amazing. Our thanks to today's guest, Darius Lassiter and Nate Mickle. Conversation continues 24-7 on X, Instagram, and Facebook. This and all of our shows are on demand on BYUSN.com. Sorry to Dennis. We ran out of time just talking to current players and professors. Ran out of time. For Jason, I'm Jeremy. Shout out to Tom Young. Go Cougs and go Aaron Livingston.